You ever sit back and think if it's possible for you to make a business out of what you love? Maybe you're really into pink poodles and and pool noodles. <laughs> Let me tell you, 100% there's a way for you to make money with that. Maybe you're into sports cars and uh, cigars. Uh, another rhyme. Let me tell you, 100% there's a way for you to make money with that passion. The truth is though, statistically speaking, 99% of you listening to this right now will never take a leap of faith to do it. And to be honest, I couldn't do it myself at first. I'm passionate about business, travel, and accumulating experiences. And that's not something I realized until maybe about four to five years ago. But it wasn't until 2019 that I really burned all the ships at the harbor, metaphorically speaking, and went all in. What came out of it though? Well, I leave for Mexico in two weeks with a thriving business at my fingertips. And I 100% believe that you can do whatever the hell you want in life to. Just do your research, think outside the box a little, and really, really go after it. Today's guest is someone who reached out to me after listening to a few episodes, and we really vibed. I deeply respect what he's made for himself because he's modeled his lifestyle after his passions. Our guest today is Kia Orion, a traveling musician who makes awesome music and teaches others to do the same. So be sure to check out some of his music. I left a link to his site in the show notes. Now join us while we dive into how Kia took what he loves and turned it into a thriving business. By the end of the episode, you'll hopefully have some inspiration to do the same. Remember, Nomad fam, we've got some incredibly value-filled episodes planned out for you, so please hit that subscribe button and leave a review. Your review helps this podcast become more visible and ultimately inspire more people just like you. My name's Omar Mo, and this is The Nomadic Executive. You're listening to The Nomadic Executive, hosted by Omar from nomadables.com. Join Omar as he sits down and speaks with leading online entrepreneurs, remote workers and digital nomads about everything from business strategy to travel and lifestyle design. Together, we're here to help you achieve a life of happiness, health and freedom. And now here's your host, Omar Mo. All right, Kia, welcome to the Nomadic Executive, man. It is a pleasure to have you on and finally connect. Brother, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. Absolutely. Why don't we give my audience a little bit of context how we two met? Sure. So I found your podcast. Um, I'm a big fan of kind of the digital nomad um, space, online business space, founder pod, and uh, was actually pretty blown away because you've had some significant guests on there. And just being a digital nomad myself and kind of, I don't want to say obsessed, but because I slightly obsessed with kind of like that online business space, self-improvement, minimalism, et cetera, just scrolling through the episodes. I was like, oh, this one sounds dope. This one sounds dope. This one sounds cool. And you just seemed like a rad dude. So um, it's good. My titles are sticking out. (laughs) Yeah. Your titles are sticking out for sure. You're killing the titles. And so I just, I was like, let me shoot my shot. So I just slid in the DM over email and I was like, hey, Mo, dig the pod, got some ideas for you on some stuff that we could share. And um, I, I've been doing this for about three years. So I feel like I got a couple of gems to drop too. So I feel like I could bring uh, awesome. some five for your audience. And, yeah. and what I like too, is that you have a very unique angle, right? So you're probably the mm. first traveling artist 
that I've made. Mm. Someone that survives the way that you do. And I won't talk about it. I won't spoil it just yet. We're going to dive into that here in a minute. But the way that you do it is much different than anybody else that I've seen do it, right? Everyone works off their laptop on this life, but everyone's doing some sort of like either agency or mm -hmm. something as simple as drop shipping or uh, some sort of service-based business, digital market. I mean, you hear about this all the time, but what you're doing is unique. And I love that. And that's why I'd love to have you on. So let's go ahead and dive right in there. Okay. Sure. Um, tell my audience what you do. Sure. So uh, I'm an artist. I'm, I'm, I make my tagline is um, I'm obsessed with making dope music and teaching you how to make your own. So that's kind of the, the line that I live by. That's my mantra. And I always was super into making music and we can jump into the, the backstory a little bit later on, but pretty much um, I started in drop shipping. So I was like, why well, I, I pretty much is, I, I worked as a, quote unquote, like a, I tried to be an adult for a while. None of those jobs worked out. I was bartender, substitute teacher, you name it. I did it. That was a past life. And I got this really strange health diagnosis somewhere. Maybe I was like 26 and the doctors couldn't figure it out. And it was just enough of a wake up call that kind of kicked my ass around that time I was reading four hour work week. So I was like, dude, I just need to live life. You get one, whether it's something weird and medical or you get hit by a bus tomorrow, you never know when you're going to go. Right. So let's get after it. Did you figure out what it was? Just out of curiosity. No, still don't know. It's a, it's a genetic blood disorder. I got all these crazy Jeez. tests run. And That's so, nice. yeah, they're like, you could go out of it or you could randomly start hemorrhaging in your brain. I was like, oh, where? <laughs> no no <laughs> like, middle ground. I just black yeah. or white. Here we go. <laughs> so I, was, I was like, I was like, oh, okay. That's what's up. Let me get my ass uh, to Asia. I'd always wanted to travel, never did. Right. So I started, I pretty much sold, pulled the move, sold all, everything that was unbolted to the floor of the apartment. Um, got someone to take over my lease and um, got a job online teaching English for, uh, I did it on maybe like a month. It was like, I got the diagnosis. I'd been wanting to like come out of the matrix for a while. I just, that was kind of the push that, you know, you're kind of like it's months and then the one final act that gets you out. And so I started teaching English, but I wasn't making a ton of money, but enough. But I was like, yo, let me start drop shipping. I'd, heard, I'd been listening to some digital nomad podcast. Yours wasn't around then, unfortunately. So I didn't have most gems. Let, let me get but, this straight before you move on. Yeah. Um, before you, so did you start working before you left or did you start working the moment that you went to Asia? So I, I wanted to make sure that at least I had some income before I got there. Cool. So I, I started teaching English. I got a job online teaching English, um, $18 an hour for about three, four weeks before I even went. So from selling all my shit, I had a cushion of maybe a grand and a half, but it, for me, it was more important because I knew I, who knows how fast money is my first time really going to Asia. So I just want to have a little bit of income coming in beforehand, but I was, I, tr my, long story short, I was trying drop shipping. wasn't going anywhere. I was, I mean, it, it's a really cool business idea if you're into it, but I'm just obsessed with music. So I was like, Kia, why don't try to find a way to run an online business around shit you actually know stuff you're actually passionate about. And that's the music. So always kind of been doing my art on the side and that's really my main bread and butter. That's truly what I love, obviously like most artists, but um, finding a way to, to fund that through the art as well. So that's where the, the biz came through. So tell me the transition here. So you were in Asia, where, where, yeah. where did the music start coming in and where did that become your full-time gig? A thousand. So I wasn't one of those people who was like, I started and it took off. It took me about two years. I was probably teaching English online for two years in Chiang Mai, starting Chiang Mai because I knew there was a community there. Um, but I think the difference is when you're and you being a traveler yourself and also feeling grateful to be an American in this regard, you don't, if you're making $20 an hour and, but your apartment's only $230, like, 
you don't have to work 40 hours a week. So I, I was just from the rip, I was able to only work maybe 10 hours a week on English and then dump the rest into these business ideas and just fail. And that was it. I, I say I really got my MBA. Like I didn't go to the, but it's like from trying business ideas and like failing for like two years, just like trying so many angles, but that's putting in the reps, right? That's really what you got to do. So that was kind of how it took about two years. And then um, I had been trying to sell beats and I had some success here and there. I was tired of working with rappers because everybody's 18, works at McDonald's, wants to be Drake. Right. And so I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, what's an angle that I can take? And my buddy Spencer had started around the same time making a, he was a guitarist, an artist as well, right. teach me a lot to play guitar. And so I didn't want to do like, I, I was tired of trading my time for money, which you hear about all the time of like, I'll do a one-on-one -on -one lesson. And so I was like, how can I package this up into courses, into coaching? And that was when I kind of productized the service of teaching people how to make beats. And it was also switched the, the customer from 18 year olds who want to be Drake to like grown men who actually have money to spend or are interested in the art. That's when things really started to take off for me. So it was- How yeah, long ago was, was that, that transition there? So that about a year and a half. So a year and a half ago. Yeah, a year and a half ago. I see. Interesting. Damn. So what, what are the first steps that you took there for uh, actually creating the course and stuff? I'm sure when you first came out with the course, you're like, damn, now I have this product. <laughs> what do I do with it? Mo, this ain't your first rodeo, baby. This ain't your first rodeo. Every rookie mistake in the book spent so much time making it, shot it, looked great in the studio, edited it, spent hours, wrote the whole funnel out. And then I was like, so where are the customers? <laughs> and so yep. it failed so hard. You know, it was like right. typical rookie mistake. You, you don't validate the idea first. And then I was like, oh, so maybe that's what I should do next time. But needless to say, I then took it. Um, and I had a buddy who was doing well on Skillshare at the time. And so I'd wanted to do a, obviously your own course, high ticket, because then you have control over it. But if you have no audience, it can be hard to leverage. If you don't have ad money, et cetera, I don't have a community. So I, that's when he's like, he, you know, I know you want to sell a high ticket. He's like, you can still make money if you just do Skillshare, like the low ticket route at first. He's like, build your audience and then see where it goes from there. I was like, okay. But because I put so much time and effort into it, I got a stroke of luck and Skillshare um, was like, oh, this is a dope course. And so they gave me a little bit of kind of promo on the platform. Interesting. For free? Yeah. Yeah. So they, they have these like, uh, like featured courses, or if they like what, like what you're doing, they'll kind of, they run, you know, they run the shit. So they'll kind of bump you in the algorithms, whatever it is. Cool. And so I got some, yeah. So I got some initial heat from their kind of promo. There wasn't a lot of music production courses going on at the time. And so I caught that initial wave, started to build the community eventually. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to do a mini course every week. Cause I love making beats. I was like, I'm already doing it. Why not just document it and find ways these, cause in those platforms, it's less about like one super amazing course and like these small kind of bite-sized pieces. And I'm just prolific. So I just made a course a week pretty much for a year. And that all kind of eventually, I then got smart about how to leverage that into my own audience and having free downloads and stuff like that. And now I, I, I can do both. But now, it's, let me tell you, it's a lot easier to launch a product when you have an audience who wants it. We'll put it's, it like that. That's really interesting because you use something like Skillshare to build the audience up. So people were already wanting to learn something on that platform. And you use that leverage to build up your actual course. Whereas the most standard way that people go to build up their courses is some sort of social media platform they go all in on and then they spam it there, right? And mm -hmm. not everybody wants to learn from you there, but everybody does want to learn from you from Skillshare. So what kind of like student numbers were you getting on Skillshare? 
So that's a great point, Mo. And I think part of it is um, you're right. That's because again, speaking of trying, that's because I tried the I tried the others. I tried YouTube. I would love to have a dope YouTube channel because it's public. That's one of the really dope benefits about YouTube is anyone can see it. It's just free resource. It's amazing. And so I've worked on, haven't been able to get my YouTube quite cracking yet, but it's a work in progress. Um, but I was seeing, it's strange because for them, it was more about minutes watched. So I, I saw kind of this steady climb in numbers and it was maybe like a thousand minutes a day, a thousand minutes watched a day, something like that. They don't that. tell you how many students you have? They do, but it's, it's less like, um, daily. It'll be almost like you have to log into the teacher thing and then right. you'll see students. And so, but you aren't, it's strange. You aren't paid by student. You're paid by watch time for Skillshare, yeah. you know? And so the metrics, those are kind of what I would follow is, is more the watch time. And it just kind of slowly increased. And then when the pandemic hit, obviously everything kind of shot through the roof because everybody's at home. So I, I saw kind of this like steady growth. I was like, okay, this is cool. Yeah. Everyone and then wanted to be a DJ or learn how Dude, to make music. Was- Man, I even <laughs> thought about it at one point. I know I did for sure. <laughs> when, when everything goes south, you go, Maybe I'll just be a DJ. Bro. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> the thought, man. I swear to God, so many new DJs were born during this pandemic. <laughs> Dude, who are you telling, Mo? Look, I look at my numbers and I can tell. <laughs> That's what kind of so what kind of growth did you see during the pandemic? Like you were doing so, this pre-pandemic. So like mm-hmm. what two X, three X, like what happened? Yep, about two X. About two X. That's and, nuts. And it was nuts. And so it was cool, but it also kind of kicked my ass into this gear of it's a blessing and a curse, a bloodshed sword of being like, okay, now I've got this attention, but I wasn't ready for it. I hadn't built the infrastructure of any any sort of funnel, my own email, et cetera, et cetera. I just had kind of, I was doing, you know, baby steps, poco a poco. And then it came out of nowhere and I was like, okay, let's, let's double down and like get it. So that was when we went into overdrive and now I've been able to leverage that into a, my own boot, I call it beat boot camp. It's like my own like private coaching beat thing, but like, camp. I like the ring of that. You know, you know, trying to trying to get clever with the, with the alliteration. So, yeah. but you're right. Here's the thing, though. This is the interesting part: is the way Skillshare pays out is it's through it's like a pool. So, like the more teachers there are, then you split the funds, of course. Right. And so, even though the watch time doubled, the attention and traffic doubled, the revenue didn't double because, because you have another teacher. I, because you have you have more you have more people than joining as teachers. Because just as many people who wanted to be a DJ and learn also said, maybe I'll teach pottery now or or whatever. And so explain that a little bit to me because mm-hmm. I, I lost you there. So you said yes. there's a pool and, and that spreads mm-hmm. out the payments that way. Right. But I thought so you're putting out these courses yourself um, and your watch time is going up. So how are you spreading right. yourself then to other people? I, I thought. <clears throat> Sorry, Mo. So maybe um, I maybe I didn't uh, articulate that well. So I the watch time doubles, but right. the revenue didn't double. Yeah. Why is in, that? In short, because more people are joining the platform as teachers. Cause so they lower the amount of revenue that you can get. If it, the platform becomes more saturated because the entire platform has a pool of money that they distribute to. Exactly. So the more teachers that join, then obviously the less you're going to earn. That's kind of messed because, up. So it's crazy. So yeah, so it's strange how it's almost, it is. And it's, it's not that it's scalable. You're limited to, you're limited to the number of people that are actually consuming the classes on that platform. I, exactly. And you're also at their kind of beck and call. And as every kind of artist, you know, who's maybe a slightly neurotic as is, right. um, because I'm kind of, you can tell, I kind of just 
shoot from the hip and rock with it, you get content strikes. And so right. I have two out of three because I've sworn in some yeah. classes by accident. <laughs> and so certain things are like, again, speaking, coming back to the YouTube or whatever, like right. the importance of owning your assets. So now using yeah. them and, you know, it's one hand washes the other, both wash the face, as we say in New York, is there I'm, I'm giving them content and they're giving me traffic, but it's with this kind of also you're with the understanding too, that at any point they can pull the plug. Exactly. So never, you know, and some of your other guests as a fan of the show have mentioned the importance of diversifying your income and really owning the, the customer experience of your customers. Because if you rely on there's this book called the millionaire fast lane, have you ever heard of it? Mm, I've heard of it. I haven't read it though. So in that book, um, I actually forget who the author Forget the author's I've heard name, it a lot, but, though. but what he says is if you start relying on any other platform, even YouTube, for example, or Google just, or anything to give you business, there's one thing that can happen, an algorithm change. Uh, they decide to shadow ban you because you're not making the money anymore. That's it. Your entire business model goes uphill a thousand or downhill. That's it. You're screwed. You know, Mo, well, quick aside. Um, I have a friend who works at TripAdvisor and she was telling me that their entire, that entire company is built off of Google, just the SEO of Google sending people to TripAdvisor. And because Google has now recently brought out their own like Google flights and stuff, Mm -hmm. they're bumping them down in the right. It's like, it's crazy to think that's like how many billions of dollars and millions of dollars in a company. And it's all on SEO on top of Google. A a thousand, because then your competitor and Google says, oh, actually we're going to rank our own product over yours now. It's like that. It's like, Dude, it's crazy. So Google's got a monopoly, man. That's what it is. Whoever they want to push up, they'll push up. If they help them, they don't help them. They're screwed. The moment that Google decides, hey, I want to make my own course platform, Skillshare, Udemy go down. The moment that Google says, hey, I want to make my own beats. That's it. Like all the beats are screwed. I'm hoping that's a ways down the line. I'm hoping they have the course platforms before they get into beats. But dude, you're right. If you're listening, you're thinking of doing your own business, whatever, like, Mo is a thousand percent right. Make sure you do not rely on just one sort because it's scary. So yep. I'm kind of walking that that tightrope right now. So have you have you managed to move any of your audience? So your friend also said this, and I, I don't know much about Skillshare, so I'm curious mm. to learn myself. But have you managed to move any of your audience from Skillshare to other platforms? So that's the thing is I rather than moving them to other platforms, I just move them to my email. I move them that's to good. just a one-on-one. That's good. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's exactly where, that's where I push them is it's just into my funnel. I have a, I have this really dope producer training that I made. And that's, that was the key because once I got that second strike, I said, oh, this, and then also at any point they can just bump your course or, you know, you, again, you're at there. It's that, that, that dance. And so that's when I said, I really need to start owning this customer experience, building that relationship one-on-one ASAP. And so that's what I've been able to do into the beat boot camp, which is, that's my own personal thing. That's hosted. That's high ticket. It's, it's that's pretty much when it's like, we really give you all the attention and it's, it's high ticket for a reason. It's on teachable, et cetera. But like, that is the one that I want to morph into eventually because it's great having the, the Skillshare traffic. But like you said, every morning I wake up, I'm like, did they ban me today? Oh, no, not yet. Okay. <laughs> it's just right. a matter of time. <laughs> that's right, man. How big have you built your email list? So we're, listen, we're growing slow, but of steady. We're almost, at a, we're almost at a thousand. That's really but, good for Skillshare, for coming straight from Skillshare. I thought it would have been much less. Well, here's the thing. It, it was a lot. I had a lot more, but I'm starting to realize that uh, 
the how many times you heard this too quality over quantity so yes. i just i just chop that sucker hard if it's like you haven't been active in a minute i chop like i just make sure that the people are on it because my delivery rates are also really affected i'm like if you're on this list i really want you to be here because you really with me it's like i'm gonna send you really cool stuff every week i'll have some cool products for you once in a blue but if you're here you want to be here i don't want to have this crazy list that like the people are like who you know so you know what i think you'd so, be really good at and this is just my two cents here so you can please every way you want yes but, uh you have the voice for a podcast in my opinion and a fantastic way to nurture your email list is to get that investment with them through a podcast. Just like you reach out to me, you'll have people in your email reaching out to you. So if you have that podcast that you create and you just push out a weekly episode that's kind of edited and put together and you're you're already a quote unquote sound engineer in my eyes, you can push out that episode on a weekly basis to your email list. Your email will listen to that and you'll get the retention rates going up and conversion rates going up that way too. So Mo, listen, you're, you're, you're 10 steps ahead of me. I, so I'd had, first of all, I appreciate the compliment. I always thought I had a, a face for radio. So it's nice to know that I have a voice for it too. And so I, uh, I actually, I had, I had one on okay. this on music production, but for, again, I think maybe it's because you're handsome. Maybe it's because you got the swag and nobody ever reached out. I was trying, it was a Q and a show. Maybe that's where I was messing up was I would always, I would say, Hey guys, ask me questions. Like I want to answer these questions. I ran it for maybe two years, mm. but a lot of the questions I would source from Reddit, other forums, people would ask once in a blue. And yes, I had some listeners, but it was never the, I never got that engagement that I've always, to be honest with that's the part, I appreciate you dropping some gems on me, even there. Something I've the never been able to have yet. I've never been able to get the, the engagement there. So maybe I, maybe I, gave up on it too early. I, I about two years, but um, maybe that's when it's like, who knows? Maybe that third year is the one it took off. Shorten it. Yeah. You, know? you never know. It's a long game. Right. And I, I think you should use it strategically rather than care about the number of downloads that you're getting. And, and the way Word. that you can use it, there's so many different ways that you can use it strategically. And I guess to give my audience some value here as well. I mean, you can bring on people from your email list onto the podcast episode and build a relationship with them that way. You can push it out to each of your, uh, to your email list on a weekly episode and see what kind of listenership that you're getting that way to see who's converting and have a specific link that you're using in your email email that you know that the traffic came from your email list and you're able to track that and you think, oh, okay, so it's this many people that are opening up my podcast versus this many people on my email list. So the rough numbers, if I keep scaling my email list, I should expect this many downloads. Uh, then you have some sort of offer carved out in your podcast episode so that you can convert people to either go buy your course or get more email subscribers or whatever you want. I mean, there's so many strategic ways that you can use the podcast besides just focusing on getting traction via pure downloads. Mm. You know, if you, if you focus on that, you, you, you're never going to succeed because that's where people start getting the whole, oh, I just want this many downloads so I can get sponsorships. Like, don't focus on that. Yeah. Mo, actually, if you don't mind showing how the sausage is made um, a little bit, how has this, how is this medium? Because I've seen too, you, you started picking up heat fast and then you were able to get Pat on the show. If you don't mind kind of talking to me about that, how you've been able to leverage it to get guests like that. Like show, if you don't mind so, showing behind the scenes a little. Here's a little secret. Everyone wants to be on a podcast. Everyone and their mothers want to be on a podcast. It's your house and people want to come to your house. Getting a, Pat, a guest like Pat wasn't hard. All it, getting, getting a guest like Dan Long really? wasn't hard. Getting a guest, yeah, it wasn't. And, and if you're listening to this, Pat Flynn or Dan Locke, it wasn't hard. <laughs> like it, <laughs> all it takes is a little bit of elbow grease and some creative networking. That's all it takes. It's it, huh. like, uh, there's, uh, there's six degrees of freedom between everybody, right? So let's say 
I met you and you introduced me to a friend that has a decent following with maybe like 30K followers on Instagram. And I met him and then I realized that he knows um, somebody with 100K followers on Instagram. So I'm like, okay, I, I do a small little testimonial off my phone uh, from that guy. Hey, this is blah, blah, blah. Make sure you listen to the medic executive. Then I reach out to the 100K guy. Oh, here we go. Uh, your friend, I just interviewed him. You want to come on my show? Get on, bring him on my show. He knows Pat Flynn. Okay, cool. A uh, little interview. Oh, hey, Pat Flynn. Reach, how can I reach Pat Flynn? It's just where whatever platforms he's on. So like that, when I reached out to, to Pat Flynn, he was on YouTube and he had a smaller subscriber count at that point. So I said, hey, let me have you on my show. And he said, cool, yeah, just shoot me an email. So it's they're all human beings at the end of the day. You just need to do some creative networking and they'll come onto your show for free because at the end of the day, you're giving them exposure and, and a platform to speak their, their voice and their story. Wow, yeah. Mo, that's why you're successful, man. You're willing to shoot yeah. shots. And just, that's really that's all the key it is. game. That's all it is. Man. Shots, and you're the same way. You know that too, because all it takes is persistence and grit, and you got this. Like then and a little bit of creativity, man. Uh, and you can do <laughs> anything you want in life. Anything. Dude, I just want to double click on that because that is the truth, man. The 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 older I get, the more experience I have of failing things and then getting success in things. It's seriously, it's less about like just like being smart and it's like persistence and grit will seriously get you like 95% of the way. And then the other small 5% of creativity, just maybe knowing how to do the angle. Like it's, it's seriously is a game changer. So if you're, if you're listening to seriously, like listen to more, listen to Mo more because this man got gems for you for real. That's the, that is the, (laughs) if you need any help with the podcasting and talk about it to you off that offline, but let's move on to the next topic here. Sure. Yeah, let's do it. So you got Skillshare, you've got your email list being built up. You even mm-hmm. got a product that you're pushing out to your email list, right? Right. So what kind of revenue? And, and we love talking revenue on this show. What yeah, kind of revenue numbers revenue. are you are you bringing in right now currently? Of course. So uh, with the course, it wasn't something that I was doing pretty much evergreen. It's a boot camp, so it was you know, just kind of a launch, um, and it was something that I kind of geared up with. Shout out to my friend. It's uh, her agency is uh, kicking the ass. Um, Nice. Uh, Akita. And so she helped me build the funnel out. And so we launched, it was this build up, blah, 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 launch. And so we made around like 10 G's on the launch of that course, which was cool. And so that kind of just, that's like my rainy day fund because I didn't want to, I didn't want to just rely on that and have to do these launches periodically. I was like, it was four weeks and I wanted to like really dive into it. So from Skillshare, uh, I'm, and like, I also do Udemy as well. That's kind of the same thing. Anytime. That's what I was thinking in my head. So any of those free course platforms, I say, listen, I'll, I'll do one and kind of put on all those. And so like pretty passively around like two G's, um, which is a, a month, which is pretty cool. Don't have to like invest in it too hard. And then because the diversifying thing, that's where I'm really want to, I kind of got that fire. Once you have that kind of ball rolling, you can just kind of like tend it and leave it. And now that one's rolling. I'm like really trying to dial into a few other ones. So that's where like the leasing of the beats, um, I've really tried to like hone into more. Elaborate um, on that. What's leasing of a beat? Okay. So pretty much as any video creator, because everybody wants to be a creator these days, they need music. And so rather than using something like a epidemic sound or something like that, of like, if creators want something that's more unique or more different or specialized more than just something that they get on kind of this like tinkly piano sound, that's when I kind of have like this, my own uh, angle. And so I'll pitch people to the, Hey, you want to use these tunes for free? Or if you need anything made, I'm happy to make you some, own, you know, your own custom music for et cetera. But it'll be, it'll be less like five or like trying to hustle it out for like 10 bucks and more something like dope for um, people who have like uh, commercial like that have partnerships like Samsung and get something placed in a commercial like that, like more um, high tech, higher end, like, 
Exactly. Higher tech, higher end, less, um, less volume. So those are kind of the angles. And then also I've been working with a buddy. I, I'm not going to say his name because I'm not sure it's going to come to fruition yet, but hopefully um, he, we're going to figure out a way to build out like our own kind of light music, little uh, streaming platform so that way it's it'll be on spotify obviously but it'll be a like little, a new SaaS company in this in the world no, you know? no 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 i wish i was like the way i pitched it like now yeah, it yeah. sounds way more fancy than it is pretty much we're working together i make the music he puts it together on like playlists and he we drive creators there to like um for the angles like through twitch streamers and stuff people who stream a lot of music uh, and if you can who like stream 24 hours but need music on their channel rather than um them like buying a subscription we just have like playlists and stuff for them and, and then, then you'll drive pitch, up revenue numbers. and then you'll pitch the streamers hey this is a playlist that you can use for such and such amount of money and, uh, no no simply for free you can use it for free okay but because if we get the right influencers right twitch streamers the number you can rack up, I, I, uh, and you can rack up serious revenue numbers just from from plays so like a, i think a million spotify plays a month is like three grand or something like that which is pennies which crazy. is crazy but like um yeah. So some things like that, just kind of figuring things out. And then I also, um, for my own biz, I sell, I'm really into audio engineering too. So I like sell templates. It's like, Hey Mo, you want to sound like Tory Lanes? Like don't want to do all the work. I got you. Like, here's a vocal template. You can buy it and slap that on. And you sound like Tory Lanes, maybe not quite, but close <laughs> enough. So please tell me you're on TikTok too. Dude, Mo, I need your help, bro. So I tried TikTok. I failed so hard. I got like 40. Got, I'm like man. 200 videos. I need your help because seriously. So Mo, complete honesty and your audience too. I'm in a place in my life where seriously, I feel a little bit lost. I have, I'm sitting on a little bit of coin. I've got the passive income. It's cool. I've got these other things, but I really want to, I'm, I'm still itching to really pursue my own art more as like as an artist. And so I know there are these angles of TikTok of clubhouse all these angles and i don't exactly know where to i finally have the creative space the mental space i'm living in mexico so things aren't super expensive and i feel a little bit lost in terms of like direction like i know i'm a huge gary v fan i know he's been preaching tiktok i tried it i couldn't seem to figure it out maybe try it again where you know putting your marketing hat on as an artist it's funny what, like never put yourself? me never put me in this guru space right like I, <laughs> i'm never going to be that guru and it all applies something differently all i can give you is an outsider perspective of, of, of course what it is. but well, in itself yeah. that that's that is the sauce i you know yeah. i don't a guru, that's what it is exactly that's the and key to me it's so blatantly obvious what, what you should do right it, it's tiktok all these other platforms don't matter for you as an artist right now. All, all the only platform in my eyes that matters for you is TikTok. And then you can take that nine by 16 vertical video. And since you have a YouTube channel, you make a YouTube short channel, a second YouTube short channel, and just repost those TikToks on there. Uh, uh. You can literally use the same piece of content, post it up on YouTube shorts and also post it up on Instagram reels, same piece of content three times, but double down on TikTok because I have seen and constantly see this, artists that make one video that goes viral like for and I, I talked about this example maybe a few like 10 episodes ago but there's this guy named badly music on tiktok and it's funny i've kept up with him for a while now he hasn't gone viral since but he's not he's not done trying um i just remember like i used to show up to this guy's live streams in the middle of the night like uh i'll be working on something and i, I randomly get on tiktok as we do just really yeah scrolling down mindlessly yeah i'll get a little break from my work 
and I'll, I'll see like the live stream buttons on top and I'll see badly music. And I know this guy has hustle and I always respect people with hustle. That's, that's, I'm always about the underdog. Right. So I'm like, I go on his live stream. I think it was the first time. And, and I start talking to him on there. He had maybe about f- 10 or 15 people on his live streams at most. The guy's always sitting throughout the night, just making music. And I love this guy, you know, like I uh, spoke to him a couple of times on there and he's just a great guy. Lo and behold, about three weeks after I start going on his live streams, maybe every, every two or three days, uh, the guy blows up on TikTok. He gets one video with about 6 million views. Six, what six was the video? It, it was just, so it was this trend that was going around on TikTok and you just got to, it's really massive for artists, but you got to follow along with trends. Um, he just followed this one format that a lot of artists were doing. And it starts off with something like a, a, a hook statement, like I messed up. And then it goes, let me, let me, let me reverse. And then it goes reverse, reverse. And a lot of artists have done this format, but he used it and he did it well. Reverse, reverse, reverse. He tells his little story. And then at the end, he says, and now I'm sitting here every single night making music. And what I'm going to do, and if you could guys could just help me out, push up my streams on Spotify uh, and you can hit the live stream and we can, we can check out the live stream numbers on Spotify. I'll send you the video later to show you exactly the format. Yeah. If we can check out the live stream numbers go up overnight from six, that 6 million views. He went from, I think like, I think 300 Spotify streams to over a million Spotify streams no. in a matter of like 12 hours. Yeah. And now he's oh at like 2.4 million streams or something for one of his songs. And that was from one viral video. One. That's insane. To give you more context, I'm not an artist. I was on TikTok and within three months, I got 30K followers with one view wow. with a million views for, for doing bull- nothing. Really, so you are, are doing. How this. do you? I, sorry to interrupt. I was just say, how do you do it without without uh, with still feeling genuine to yourself? Because I don't want to like do these stupid little dances don't. and shit. You know what I mean? It's like just, so. How how do you, you just need it? your marketing hat on? You just maybe need that's to it. Know what appeals to people? You can do everything in your own angle. You're a musician, so check out what other musicians are doing. That's all you mm. should. That's all you should be checking out. Don't do these stupid little dances. There's plenty of artists out there that blow blow up for not doing these dances. Okay. Okay. Um, TikTok isn't a dancing platform at its core. It, it it's just appeals to dances for the kids and mostly girls. Not even that many guys. Um, so really, just check out what other artists are doing. Use your standard marketing hat rules where I should grab the attention of the audience within the first five seconds. Um, I should come up with some sort of creative that keeps people engaged for the next 15 to 30 seconds, which isn't hard to do. And and you're a creative, speaking to you, you're a creative entrepreneur. I mean, you're creating all these different new business ideas out of thin air, uh, angles that I've never even heard of before. If you can do that, you can do this easily. It's It's so funny because you're so right. And when I, when I think about business, when I think about like, again, kind of this offer of like, if I have something of value to give, and maybe this is just some mental gymnastics I need to do. If I have something of value that I can give, then I know that I'm able to make money from it. So like, I feel when it comes to the business side of like vocal templates, beats, et cetera, like all of it, I just know, I feel like the steps are almost like, oh, like from years of failing, right just there, kind of right. all like, they're right. Yeah. Yes. And then when I switch and I'm like, okay, I want to be an artist. It's like, I got nothing. It's a really fascinating it's like i switch and like okay now i'm pitching like or i want like my own music to blow up and i feel like i'm back at square one again of being i'm like and you do do that's what it is it's crazy it it really is it's like it's fascinating i have helped friends with business i'm excited about my own like and then it's strange i make this slight switch and for some reason i haven't been able to translate what i've been able to really nail in and get to work with the online biz when in terms of helping people teaching beats or selling beats or but whatever etc cetera, etc cetera. when it comes to just like hey 
want to like listen to my music, whatever that there's some mental, but I'm not sure what something there. I haven't been able to figure out yet. There are always, so depending on the fields, right? Sometimes there's some like cross skills that work in some fields also work in some other fields. Sometimes you're starting from a, from orange to apples and they're completely different, right? Yeah. I mean, teaching long form content courses uh, where people are coming to you to sign up for your courses is a lot different than trying to do 30 second short form videos. Right. right. Or, or something that gains right. someone's attention and, grow, and a song that holds someone's attention the entire time. They're different. So, but the, the underlying pinnacle of marketing and, and the business aspect will always be the same, same, no matter what part of business you go to. Right. It's about attention at the end of the day, uh, whether it's a long form content or the short form content, you're holding attention and how can you hold it best? And, and yes, you made a great example. And I, I ponder this all the time. You got to be a gesture before you can be a king. Right. And, mm. that, and that is over and over again. You might be a king in one aspect of your life, Ooh. but the moment that you learn something else, you got to be a gesture again and you got to start from the top to the bottom again. And it's, all, it's sometimes it hurts. It hurts. <laughs> Bro, because, who like, are you telling? Yeah. Because you're you like, telling? damn, I'm so good at this one thing. Why am I, why am I getting treated like a <laughs> joke and this other thing? You know? Why can't I figure this other one out? Dude, yeah. a thousand percent. Well, it's, yeah. you're so right. And first of all, if you, you need to, you have, you got some dope phrases, man. If you first got to be a gesture before you can be a king, that's, that's gangster. That's also gold. <laughs> right. I think, I think part of it is um, now too, is I've been wanting, so I, I haven't been wanting, I've been doing this song a week. So pretty much, I, cause I make so much music. I was like, I need to start releasing this on some Russ. I'm obsessed with Russ. Not sure if you know about him. He's like totally DIY, great, et cetera. Great, great guy. I love um, his songs. Love his music. Dude, me too. And his whole ethos of like, do it yourself. That's just kind of my whole thing. It's like teaching yeah. people how to build their own kind of DIY artist thing. And then, and it's like you said, King to Jester, where I'm like, I've got this part. So I figured out. And then I feel like I'm like, okay, but why can't I figure this part out? You know what I mean? Where it's like, I've got song a week, so I've got cool content, but like, how do you get people to listen to it? It's strange. The, the value prop of like, here, I have some cool music for you is like you said, I have to find some other angle of it being exciting or entertaining or something. Like you said, you failed everything so far to get where you are. It's the same process. That's all it is. You got to throw stuff at the wall until you stick. And, and really what speeds up that process that I've learned throughout the years is just finding somebody else that's already done it point you in the right yeah direction. that's it that's Dude. the you can watch all the youtube videos in the world and that'll help you grow too but just at a slower pace and actually finding somebody that's already done it and learning from them so in this regard in that example was it like you mean like you found like a pat flynn or a gary v or something that you're like oh let me it rock this it doesn't now, even like- have to be to that degree it all it has to be is someone that's one step ahead of you uh-huh. that's all it has to be you can learn from somebody who has 20k followers on tiktok if you don't have 20k followers on tiktok yet right right it's just one step up right. one step up one step up i could sit there and learn from pat flynn all day but if i'm if i'm not anywhere near pat flynn's level and all of a sudden he's talking about advanced techniques like i'm not going to get value from that because i'm not right. even close to that you know no a thousand and honestly that that's honestly what i tell a lot of people um when it comes to my own courses and teaching and stuff. It's like, you don't have to be the imposter syndrome thing. It's like, I'm not just blaze. You know what I mean? I'm not Drake, but like, I don't have to be like, because I still, you still have so much value that you can give and teach people yep. without being at like that super pinnacle level of uh, it's fun. It's just funny how much, you know, and sometimes it's just that kick in the ass. Like, like you said, a kind of outside perspective can really yep. just like help change. Cause we just, you know, we're in our own head, we get caught in this loop of like, I, I know that in terms of when it comes to my teaching, I'm like, okay, I know even if I'm not the best. I'm still pretty damn good and can teach yep. a thing or two, but then compared to on the learning side, um, again, when I come back to that piece, then being very humbled again, where yep. it's like, okay, none of this is working. Being like, okay, now what? Of being like, oh, Kia, just like, of course, it's like, 
look at somebody who's doing what you want to do. And then it's like, iterate, you know, That's rip. That's it. Rip, pivot, jam on that. Yep. And, and something Pat Flynn once said too, that I, that, that I got this from, you just got to know something a little more than somebody else to be able to teach it to teach it to them. Uh-huh. That's it. Just a little bit more than that. You just got to be a little yes. bit ahead of them to be able to teach them. Yes. That's it. So it, ne- it, imposter syndrome is, is, is pointless. It's that was and Mo, something I'm going to ask you too, was when you're teaching in kind of this element as well, do you find, I find this for me, I'm curious if you do, I find I almost start to learn the material better. I get like a better grasp on it once I step yeah. into that teacher role because I just feel more. I've confident. never done courses like you. Like I, that's just never a route that's ever appealed to me. And then I don't think Word. I'll ever do courses unless, I mean, but I hear it's really, really scalable from some of the people that I work with. So uh, we'll see down the road, maybe some point, but um, at least from teaching just general life stuff to like friends or, or, or even learning from them. Even like podcast. You just learn this more. Is, yeah. Podcast, I guess in a yeah. way. You just learn more. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, I've interviewed maybe about 70 people now, and I, I know so much more than I did when I first started. So yes, you learn more that way, you know, and, and to be, I'm humbled, incredibly humbled to be in a position right now to where you're asking me questions because I, I'm on the, I'm on this side of the mic as a podcast host, and I'm the one that's always asking people questions, you know? So I'm incredibly full of gratitude and incredibly humbled right now to be even able to be in this position right now, you know? Um, and it really, that's what it is. Like you're teaching other people how to make beats. You're probably learning so much more along the process, you know, and yet maybe you knew a little bit more before them, but now you know a lot more. Exactly you know? too. So, and and, and that, that exactly, you're right. Part of it too is you don't, and you may have felt this too. You don't realize until you start to put it out there, you've probably gotten this with the people that are following your podcast until you put it out there, whether it's a course, whether it's a podcast until people, customers, clients, whatever are able to poke holes in it. Like you don't even, I was like, Oh, I didn't even know that that was a problem until people were like, Kia, what about, how do you mix that? I'm like, Oh, of course. Like yeah. I took that for granted. I, that was an automatic move. I didn't even realize, or even if you have this podcast, you'll say, Hey Mo, what about this or that? And you said, great idea i didn't even realize that was something that you wanted that like yeah. you kind of you don't know that's again like i was talking about launching fast before about that making that rookie mistake don't, don't let it don't downplay the the mentorship aspect. yes mentorship is key when it comes to being better at so like going from that gesture to king as fast as you possibly can because it sucks yes. to start over and over and over again <laughs> yes. over and over mentorship is a key to getting from gesture to king as fast as possible in any right. aspect anything right you can grind your like I, I remember the first skill i ever learned it took me about five years to get really really good at and then when i got into business um and i don't want to talk about the first skill but when i got into <laughs> okay because i was gonna say you left it unintentionally so i'm gonna cover yeah, yeah. for it uh, but, <laughs> have you uh, talked about it has your audience uh, do they know no they don't but and i, I don't want to <laughs> oh. i don't want to brush up on it maybe i'll tell okay. you later but i don't want to okay brush up on i'm it sorry right audience now. i tried i tried <laughs> you got to dm the man to get it uh, but but the second skill that i got really good at was business right and, and that was a and i wouldn't say really good at even yet i'm not king status by any means king Nobody, status are making always- billions Yes. And they're um, always learning. People, yeah. Always, always key. learning. Life's a journey, right? So, but to get good at this skill, I had many mentors already, even currently, like, for example, that episode that you heard with Ryan, him and I have a mutual friend who's also a mentor of mine. Mm-hmm. So like there's, uh, it's a journey, man. And, and that's what it is. You're constantly, constantly learning. But to anybody that you know more than uh, about a specific subject, you're going to seem like a king to them. Whereas right. you know, like a gesture to a billionaire who's been in the business for and a thousand, and I think that's a that's a beautiful part about the journey. The more that I learn, the more I'm able to rub shoulders people like you, people who who have some real tangible success. It's really kind of calming in a way because you realize that nobody has it figured out. 
that yeah. like the perception is, but you realize that it's really the people who then start to feel like they have it all figured out, then start to slip. It's the people yep. that are, that are able to stay humble. Like exactly. And Gary talks about this too, of like always being hungry of feeling like, you know, clouds and dirt to steal a Garyism of him being like, yes, he's killing it. But also be like, also don't know. I ain't shit. And I'm just getting started. We're like, I think it's that if that's the real game changer. If you can have that kind of student mentality throughout it, where yes, you can accumulate the knowledge you're doing well, but to always understand it's forever changing, I think is yeah. the exciting part, but yeah, also think about the flip side too here before you move off that point. Yeah. If you start to associate yourself with being somebody that's really, really good at something. And the moment that you run into a situation where you're not situation, your ego gets hit hard. Right. That can break you. That can, break you. That can shatter you all. And, and sometimes if you get to that point, because your ego will get inflated with wins, it just happens as a natural human circumstance, but it takes those, those hits to your ego to really humble you back down and realize you're not really over and over again you know it's it's a natural thing I, I, and i see this progression all the time you you you're, you're just starting off so you, you're humble as hell then you start getting wins you start getting wins you start getting wins you start getting wins boom now you think you know everything your ego gets hit because someone who knows much more than you you go down back to being humble then you go up 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 and this time you don't associate your identity with being the best at something you just associate with your identity being oh, i'm a cool dude who knows a lot about this thing i can help other people right right mo a thousand i think part of it is um and then i gotta go so i'll leave you with this one is um that that kind of identity like you said i'm not sure if you're a tom Bilyeu fan i'm a huge tom Bilyeu fan but he talks about this often of really um the key of being able to taking chances and once you start to get if that ego gets too much you kind of stop taking them because then it becomes risky if you're too afraid of being the jester again you, you used to become more paralyzed and the only the real key is just to continue to sprint in a direction even if it's the wrong direction he talks about this all the time i love it it's the the wrong direction making mistakes is the most information rich data stream that you can have and so and it's really before i let you go here that. i do yeah. want you to cover your artist story so tell, okay. me, tell me where you where can people find you and what direction do you want to take your art artist side? Uh, of course. So first of all, I appreciate that. Appreciate the plug too. Y'all, if you want to peep the tunes, it's at Kia Orion, Kia like the car, K-I-A Orion, like the constellation, O-R-I-O-N. Get at me, slide in the DM. It's a weird ass name. I got hippie parents. So you can slide in the DM. At, I'm on all socials at that same thing. Um, long story short, the dream would be to be uh, like ASAP Rocky, and have it be have have like the music be so dope that people really dig it, but also have a piece where it's like education at the same time. So I'm like right. such a fanboy of like I know I'd give like my left nut to like just like hear like ASAP Rocky's like creative processes and like know what that his inside scoop is. And so right. I would love to be able to give that to people, but people got to give a about the music first. And so it's like really to have enough attention that like I can make the music. And it's dope. And I love making music. I always will. And that people like it, but then also have the flip side to actually be like super popping and also drop gems exactly like you're doing. Like people to say, listen, like Russ does and say, listen, it's not about, I'm not special. Like just drop like these, these elements that took me so long to learn that I really feel like, um, there's, I always love that my dad was a middle school teacher. I'll always be an educator, but also, uh, want that I'd, I'd love to have my own artist career at the same time. almost like some dr dre type it's an incredibly it's like unique angle too i like it yeah so um you know i'm out here on the nomad nomad journey trying to be a rock star mo you know something like <laughs>
something, something light. What we're talking about. <laughs> One final question here then to leave you then, man. And this of is course. a question that I ask everybody who, who comes on my podcast. I know. I know. I'm sure you're aware. <laughs> um, great. So if you had a billboard in space, okay. And on that billboard, it rises with the sun. It sets with the sun. Um, and you, you could write anything on there and all 7 billion, 8 billion people now, however many people are on planet earth could see it every single day for the rest of their life. What would you write on there? So obviously I've heard your podcast and it was coming. So I was like, what would I put? I'd put this, my mantra for the year is you're, you're good enough. Is you're good enough. It's like something that I believe in, um, wholeheartedly because we, I think, and maybe this is because I'm a creative and coming from a creative place. There's so much of that imposter syndrome of why we talked about earlier. Why am I not the best? Who am I to teach something um, of this kind of Stephen Pressfield calls it in the war of art resistance. He calls it this shadow career of like, you're kind of close to what you want to do, but you never quite go for it. Right. That like music, I think cause I'm a musician. And, and so to me, art is so subjective that like some people think Drake is great. Some people think he's trash. The art actually itself I don't want to say doesn't matter, but it's almost like you, as Gary says, you don't get to choose if it matters. The real key is like all the other stuff, the elbow grease, the ideas you're willing to put into it. And so at this point, like, yes, get your craft, own your craft, be good, but that like, you're, you're good enough. Like you're good enough to make it happen. What you want to make happen. The real key is, are you going to go for it? Exactly. And you put in the work. Are you going to put in the work to go for it? And so that was, even with my whole health diagnosis, of being like Kia, like you can hone the craft all day, but if nobody gives a f- nobody's gonna listen to it. Like you'd be the best music in the world. Like how much, how many amazing musicians have you never heard of? And then there's like Lil Pump, who like again, artist objective, but that's like <laughs> not my sh- but like right. uh you know, it's like you're good enough, go for it. That's exactly. it. Exactly. There's always a market out there for what you can put. Oh, out. a thousand, a thousand percent. There'll always be a market. Stop tweaking the f- tabs and switches. Nobody even gives a f- like go for it. Boom. That's good. I like that. Good place to leave it at. Thank you so much for coming on today, Kia. Mo, honestly, sorry that this is so short. We'd love to do a part two with you sometime. So when I get a cracking podcast, we'll swap whatever I could do for you, brother. I appreciate you even having me. I appreciate you, man. Yo, thank (laughs) you. Thanks so much, man. What a great episode with Kia. Be sure to go show his music some love. Link is in the show notes. The biggest takeaway from this episode really comes down to one thing. Don't be afraid to chase after your dream. This isn't the 1800s. I mean, we live in a day and age where literally anything you like can be leveraged to make money. Just gotta think outside the box a little. Remember, Nomad fam, we've got some incredibly value-filled episodes planned out for you, so please hit that subscribe button and leave a review. Your review helps this podcast become more visible and ultimately inspire more people just like you. Thanks for tuning in to The Nomadic Executive. If you enjoyed this episode, take a moment to leave a rating or review. Your feedback helps us reach others who need a spark of inspiration. See you next time.